LinkedIn is awash with people inviting you to check out their latest podcast episode. With so many shows created by smart people in your network, how can it be possible to stand out? No, this isn't about marketing your podcast. It's about respecting your listeners' time and giving them the best of what you and your guest have to offer without spending hours slaving over an edit. Welcome to The Helpful Podcaster. I'm Mark Stedman, and I'm here to help you, the seasoned, soulful entrepreneur, build trust and create long-lasting, rewarding relationships with your podcast listeners. When I started editing podcasts, it was pretty normal for everyone to be in the same room. One of my clients uh, went up and down the country interviewing people on a couple of lapel mics plugged into a handheld recorder. Of course, lots of shows in America were still recorded over the internet, and it was a lot harder to do that back then, uh, as you had to ask each person to record their side of the call, sync up the tracks, and handle something called drift. I'm telling you, these kids today, they don't know how good they've got it. <coughs> anyway, enough of the old man yells at Cloud Stick. The point is that it's got a lot easier to edit remote conversations, but some of the education has lagged behind. This has led to a lot of podcasts with sloppy editing that can be easily avoided. This is the sort of stuff that's mostly not that difficult to do and will transform your podcast from two people having a nice conversation about, I don't know, wind farms, to something that gets to the heart of what your listeners care about and that saves them time. And what we're talking about here isn't editing something to within an inch of its life. Good editing, whether it's for text, audio or video, should go unnoticed. Our job is to sneak into an episode, much like Robin Hood, and steal time from the episode and give it back to the listener, sort of. You get the idea. Now, I recommend editing in two passes. Once as a sort of technical edit, and then again for content. I use Descript, and when I'm editing conversations, I do the technical edit in the sequence view, which is where I can see the waveforms for each person speaking, and the content edit in the script view, where I can see all the words. If you're editing a one-person show, or you have everyone's voices on one track, some of this stuff you just won't be able to do, which is why it's always important to get everyone's voices as separate audio files. Okay, so what exactly should we remove, and in what order? So first up is crosstalk. That's the stuff that happens when two people are talking at the same time. Usually it's caused by lag, and we'll talk about lag uh, in a bit as well. And it's just two people talking over each other. It happens all the time. The listener doesn't need to hear that either. One person is going to dominate and just keep on talking, in which case we can get rid of the other person speaking, or both just kind of jammed in the doorway at the same time and we have to wait for one of them to go, nope, after you, and in which case, again, we don't need to hear that back and forth. We can just remove that little bit of awkwardness and make it sound a bit more fluid. Next up is active listening noises, which you can do as part of the same pass. So within the sequence editor in Descript, if you've not encountered this before, if you're dealing with a recording from something like Riverside or Squadcast, or you're recording in Zoom and you've got each person on their own separate file, you throw those into Descript and it creates something called a sequence, which you can edit. You'll find it in the left-hand menu where you've got all the different files and the, and the project resources and stuff. There's a sequences folder, and in there you can uh, see all of the tracks stacked up together. And then what you can do is simply 
use the R key, hold down the R key and mouse over the bits that you want to remove. R is for range, so it's letting you select a range. And what you can just do there is remove anything that doesn't need to be on that particular track. So what I would do when I get a new episode from someone is I go through the sequence editor and I remove anything where the person isn't speaking. And then if I if it sounds like an active listening noise, which I'll talk talk about in a moment, then I remove that. If it's if it's a laugh, which I can see because it's a different colour, because it's not a word, then I'll leave it in because obviously I want the laugh to be in. What I don't need is the noises like, hmm, oh yeah, hmm, yeah, yes, yes, that's interesting. Oh, right, yes, okay, cool. I don't need those noises because when you can see the other person's face, it makes a bit more sense. And it makes a lot of sense for us as humans to make those noises. So I'm not advocating that you don't. What I do is if I'm recording uh, one of my own shows and I've got a guest on, I use sort of fairly big facial expressions to let them know silently that I'm engaged with what they're saying rather than make those sort of mm noises because it just saves me the editing job. But if that's how you communicate that you're listening, carry on doing it. But from a listener's perspective, we don't need it because it sort of pulls focus. It's slightly distracting from what the other person's saying because suddenly we're hearing you agree and it's like, well, we're already agreeing. We don't need to hear it. So it's actually fairly trivial to go into the sequence editor and remove those. Like I said, hit the R key and just scrape your mouse across anything that doesn't need to be there. And then if you need to adjust it afterwards, like I do it all the time, I go slightly over or slightly under and I can just grab the little grab handles because it, it effectively what it's doing is it's splitting the, the clip. So all that stuff that you've just deleted, it's now split into two clips and there's a big gap in the middle. So the clip to the right, let's say I've, I've, I, I overshot it, I can drag the little grab handle to the left of the waveform and just restore that little bit that I clipped. So it's not destructive. So you can, you can do it and then if you, like I said, if you overshot, you can go and, and correct it. So crosstalk and active listening, listening noises, two things that you can edit out quite easily in Descript using the sequence editor. And it's quite possible you've never touched it and you, you've never dealt with it before. But if you're recording with multiple tracks, if you drag multiple files in, it will ask you if you want to create a sequence. You may never edit it, but now is your opportunity because it's actually pretty easy and you can get rid of that stuff in a couple of minutes. So next up is is the admin. It's the, the beginning and the end of the core stuff that we don't need. I'm sure you already removed that but just as a, a quick reminder, those are things that we don't need. So we don't necessarily need, can we hear you? Can you hear me? Is everything okay? We don't need too much of the goodbyes at the end of the call either. Because you will probably have some sort of outro at the end of your episode anyway. And so all you really need is that is, is the simple, thank you so much for being on the show. And the guest says, it's been a pleasure. Now, what you will probably carry on doing is because you're a human, again, is you'll carry on saying, you know, that was great, a really great recording, thank you, I really appreciated it, all those things that you would do uh, as a human being that don't need to be uh, in the call. Here's my, my big my big bugbear, it is gaps that are due to internet lag. Not enough people do this, and again, especially using a tool like Descript, it is so easy. There are other tools as well that can help, like Orphonic, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C.com. It's a paid service, but you get two hours of audio for free, and you can do a bunch of stuff in Orphonic. It's quite remarkable. You can throw in audio, and it can do things like 
gap removal. So you could throw in a conversation with two people speaking, shove it in as one file. You can also do multi-track stuff within Orphonic as well. So if you've got two people on two separate files, you can drag them both into Orphonic and say, this is part of the same project, it's just two tracks. And one of the options that Orphonic has is the ability to remove gaps if they're too long. And Descript has this as well. And it's really, really useful. Not enough people do this. With internet conversations, there is always lag. There is always that second and a half beat that we just don't need. There's a difference between pausing for emphasis or if you're like me, you just pause. (laughs) It's just a thing I do when I'm speaking sometimes. That's one thing. But when someone's asked a question... And then we get the response and it's like it's a different it's a different texture because the other person's speaking and their energy's quite upbeat. But we've had this pause. It just sounds weird and it's so avoidable. It really is. There are options within Descript that can help you do this in a couple of clicks, or you can easily do it when you're going through your content edit as well. There are just it's quite simple to remove or just reduce the gaps. Where you want to get this right is you want a gap, and, and I've been guilty of, of, of overshooting this, but you want a gap when someone's completed a thought. So you've asked the guest a question, they've answered, beat of silence, and then you can ask your next question. If you're coming in with an addition, it's nice that it's quite zippy and pacey and it just goes straight in, and I like that. But you want to also make sure you give the listener time to think, and a quick pause is good for that. What we want to get rid of is those pregnant pauses where, you know, you've just built up that anticipation for no reason because nothing, you know. Um, And so those are the pauses that you get when you've asked a question and then you're waiting for the guest to respond because of, of that internet lag. It's worth doing because it actually really does help the pace and it makes it sound a lot more like two people in the same room. That's the beauty of, of us using tools like Riverside and Squadcast uh, and and some of these other tools is that they can help us create the illusion that we are two people speaking in the same room. And when we get rid of that lag, we further create that illusion. We make that illusion bigger and bolder. Next up is small talk. So a little bit like admin, but this is much more to do with how the weather is, checking in. You know, some people do check-ins at the beginning of course. How are you feeling? Absolutely do those things in your calls because, again, you've got to do these things from a human perspective because you've got to make the guest feel settled. You've got to settle yourself. All those things are really important and useful. We just don't need to hear them as a listener. So get rid of all of that small talk. Get rid of all of the what's the weather like over there. Really, really, really get rid of it. Be brutal. I know there's... There's thought around, we want to spend time with the guest and we want them to feel like it's a natural conversation. It is and it isn't. Um, A a podcast episode has the, some of the flavors of a conversation, but it's not the whole meal. Because if it were, then there'd be a lot longer and I think fewer people would listen. People don't listen to podcasts because they are genuinely candid conversations. That's one of the things we tell ourselves, what they are are heightened versions of conversations. They're the conversations with the bits that we didn't wish we had to endure as other human beings sometimes. And I know sometimes like small talk is nice, but it's just getting us to the meat of a conversation. You need it, you need that ramp up. But us as listeners, we're not actually there in the pub or in the coffee shop 
uh, or in the the corridor of a conference center with you at the time. We don't need to fill up with there in that sense. We just want to hear what you've got to say and we want to spend that time and we want to spend that time sort of productively. And so a really great use of, of people's or really great way to respect people's time is just eliminate that kind of small talk. False starts. This is a, a fairly easy one. Often people will start a sentence and I, I've probably already done it myself if I haven't already edited it out. Often people will start a sentence and then have a quick change of heart, quick thought about it and start again. You've got an opportunity there as you're listening through. Just zip them out. Just get rid of them. And it makes everyone sound smarter. This is part of what I call IQ editing, just because I didn't have a better name for it. Um, and it, it's part of that process. It's just making everyone sound their wittiest and their sharpest. And it doesn't take a lot of effort. So just neaten up those things. If, you, if you're if you getting that sense, like I just did then, I said, if you, if you twice, I could get rid of that. That one might be a little bit over over the top. But sometimes people will get quite a few words in and then they'll stop and they'll restart the sentence. You can get rid of that and just make everyone sound their, their most fluid. The guest will thank you and the listener won't notice, which means you've done, you've done them uh, a solid because you've saved them. Uh, you know, compound over a few episodes or even just a few iterations, depending on who the guest is and, and what their speech patterns are like, you could save them quite a, quite a lot of time. Now, one of my um, favourites here is follow-up questions. So I mentioned last week about stopping speaking after the question mark. So if you're asking a question, stop after you've hit the question mark. What we so often do is, like I said before, we get into this thing. So what's your favourite colour? I mean, when we talk about colour, you know, there's all sorts of different options. So I was just wondering, what's, what's, um, yeah, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your favorite color and i could have got rid of about 10 seconds there by but just taking that question that very simple question at the beginning what's your favorite color if you want to clarify on the call what the question means by all means do that but we don't need to hear it because again we can help make the guest sound a little bit telepathic and a little bit smarter if they've somehow anticipated the question without you having to ask it it's great. It's another one of these subtle little things that we can do that's like, well, that's an insightful answer to a simple question. What the listener doesn't know is that you answer, you asked a fairly comprehensive question, which allowed the guest to expound. But because they haven't heard that, they've just heard a simple question. They're like, wow, the guest gave a really comprehensive, expansive answer to that simple question. Aren't they great? Okay, next up, so we talked about lag, that that kind of pause. The other kind of pause is the pregnant pause, is the thinking pause, is the let me just let me just take a moment and get my thoughts together. Again, there's a subtle distinction here. If someone's telling a particularly impactful story or an emotional story, you want to keep those emotional beats. Those are part of the story. You might occasionally want to keep in a If someone's going to give a particularly difficult answer to a question, you know, if they're going to share something revelatory that then you know it's maybe a bit dark, maybe whatever, then then doing that is useful. It's build suspense. But if someone's just kind of stroking their beard, having a little think, yeah, we don't need to hear that. Ums, 
Okay, we're finally down. I'm sort of going through these, not exactly in priority order, but kind of in the order that you might do them yourself as you're editing. So ums, remove them as much as you can without interfering with the flow of the dialogue. That's the rule. Sometimes words, mm, that was a bad example, but sometimes words uh, flow into each other like that. If I tried to get rid of the uh in there, it would sound really bad. So here's an example. If you ask me a question and I say, um, I think actually, which is not an uncommon way of speaking, or uh, I think this is the answer. Now let's have a listen to what happens to that same audio if I remove the um and the uh there. If you ask me a question and I say, I think actually, which is not an uncommon way of speaking, or I think this is the answer. Can you see that it sounds a bit, it's a bit lopped off because the words flowed into each other. Now, if it's, um, I think, then that's a clean break and you can get rid of it. So that's, that's one aspect of, of the um removal. That get, gets a little bit technical and a little bit into the weeds. Some people are very ummy. Some people really do seem to say um every couple of words. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe they're just not that fluid a speaker. All sorts of reasons. If you can spare the time and if it feels natural, if it doesn't disrupt the flow of how they're actually speaking, then yeah, if you've got the time, get rid of them. But don't obsess over it too much. I think we can do sometimes, especially, and I would say this maybe as, as a piece of advice to give to your guests, if you share transcripts with them, because I've encountered this with a few people. The problem with reading transcripts and editing by transcripts, if you're not listening to the audio, is words like um, uh, you know, right, they carry the same weight. They're, they're the same colour and the same density of pixels as the important words. So it's really hard for us just reading because our brain kind of stops and reads that whole thing as pause, um, pause, and then the next word. Whereas really it might just have gone um, in the blink of an eye, you know, like that. Or it might have just been uh, a moment, you know. It, it, it We... When we read those things, it slows us down, but actually it might just be part of the conversation and it's completely natural. So don't use Descript's automatic unremoval tool because it gets it wrong and it makes the edits really clumsy. Do it yourself. If you're going to do it, do it yourself. Don't rely on the automatic stuff. I occasionally do it if I've found someone who's been very, very ummy, but I actually find kind of nine times out of ten, it would be quicker if I did it myself because what I'm finding, because I like to listen in higher speed when I'm when I'm editing, and what I will sometimes notice is Descript is not doing as good a job, or it doesn't know when one um has flowed into another word, and so it makes those untidy edits. And like I said, our job is to be invisible. So remove them if it sounds natural and if it's not going to take you too much time, but don't obsess over it. So again, um, similar to pauses, similar to, to ums, is thinking noises. Don't remove too many of these if it's part of the story, if it helps us as the listener create a bit of space, create a moment. Like I, So the, the first iteration of this podcast was called What's Your Problem? And I would have guests on and they would ask me a question that they were struggling with, uh, something to do with podcasting, and I would give them an answer. And they were quite sharply edited. And when I listened back... I almost felt a little bit like like I'd gone 10 rounds because 
there wasn't much of a break. It was just bam, bam, bam. And yes, I'm trying to deliver value and be useful and, and do so in a fairly short length of time. But actually, I wasn't really giving the listener any time to digest anything that I'd said. And so you do want to make sure that you keep a bit of that stuff in there. And again, if you're using any automated tools that Descript offers you, that's going to get that's going to get lost. And you're just going to end up with this like big wall of noise that, that doesn't give us that opportunity to take a breather, take a breath. It's antithetical to how YouTube does their editing, how, what's, what's stylish on YouTube and what's stylish in video. It's a different world. We don't need that in audio. We are imparting useful information. We're building relationships. So we need to allow the listener that time and that space to breathe. So next up is repetition. So next up is, re- no, okay, you, you get the joke. But, you know, if, if there's something repeated, and I don't just necessarily mean the words, but if the same concept is being repeated, then you can get rid of it. What I often find is, and this is an opinion rather than a recommendation, but if I'm getting the sense that the guest is summing up, I tend to remove that summary because I'm like, well, what they said actually was, was fairly short, and it's, it's okay, we don't need that. Because usually... I think that summary is them indicating to the to the host, okay, I'm coming in for a landing now. Like I'm I'm kind of finishing, I'm winding down. And you usually get this when people say, So yeah. And then they're about to sum up what they kind of just said in the in the last minute or two. I tend to remove those. And again, that's my opinion, that's my style. You might not want to do that. But there's other other elements, other aspects of, of repetition that you you might want to think about. If you've already it's just quite simple. Like if you think we've already heard it, remove it. Next up, just anything that's boring. If it's boring, get rid. It's, if it bores you, if you find yourself drifting off. Uh, one trick that you might want to do is if you've got the time to do this, and I don't mean time in terms of busyness, but in terms of if you're working a few, like even a week or two ideally ahead of your publishing schedule, a great thing to do is edit your episode and then give it a few days, pop it in your phone, and have a listen to it in the way that you would listen to any other podcast, like while you're doing the dishes. And try not to be super attentive, but notice yourself when you drift off. Notice when you're like, oh, well, I think about something else. Like It's a little bit like mindfulness. It's knowing when your mind has, has drifted and then going, okay, perhaps I need something in there to pull me back in. And that might just be a little bit of a music, just a, a bit of a music sting just for a few seconds, because it just helps us. It does a couple of things. It helps our mental food digest a little bit, but it also gives us that little wake-up call, just in case we're sort of drifting off. I think anything between 7 and 15 minutes, if you're feeling like that might be the case, give it a go. I tend not to do this with my clients because that is a slightly different sort of opinion-based thing that I, I wouldn't necessarily get into unless I was doing a real deep collaboration with someone. But it's something that I might consider in other aspects. I've started to bring music a little bit more or a bit more playfulness into these episodes, and they tend to be shorter. But again, your mileage may vary, but it's it can be worth having those moments and just thinking, oh, did I just drift off then? Was I thinking about you know what I'm going to cook tomorrow? And if you find that, then a listener's going to find that as well. So it doesn't mean your episode's boring, but it might mean that you've lost their attention just a wee bit. And just as stuff might not be uh, fascinating, it might not always be relevant. So going back to the weather, you might find stuff in your episode that just isn't quite relevant to the topic. Maybe it's really interesting. Maybe it feels like background colour. But I think a lot of the time, you want to aim for shorter and 
not necessarily punchier, but, you know, pacier. Again, we're talking about respecting the listener's time, making good use of the time. It's not just about it being short, but it's about making efficient use of the time so that your listener gets a sense of, you know what, when I spend 20 minutes, 25 minutes, half an hour with this with this podcast, with this host, I feel like they respect my time. And that's good. You know, it's not necessarily a conscious thought, but I think it is something that we're like, you know what? I always appreciate that I get good value out of these episodes and there's there's not really any fluff. Like, like I, they're insightful and they're interesting and, and they get straight to the point. Like, And that doesn't mean you're hard-hitting and straight to the fact. It just means, again, that we're just we're getting to the good stuff. And so removing that irrelevant stuff, even to the degree of, of how you got started or what's your journey here, if there's bits that are relevant, and that's where we talked a few weeks ago about being able to construct your intro in a way that talks to the thing that you want to talk to the guest about, but also gives them an opportunity to tell a little bit of their life story, but only the bits that are relevant to the discussion that you are having. So that's my recommendation. Just remove the stuff that just feels not on point. And then finally, I want to talk about stuttering and stammering, slightly two different parts of the same equation depending on on how, how you feel about this but uh my understanding is that uh, a stutter might be something that any everybody does like i just did uh versus versus a stammer which might be um described more as a pathology if that's the right word um something that that uh, you know a speech therapist might help with so how you treat these needs a little bit of delicacy and a little bit of consideration really, because a stammer is still part of someone's speech patterns. You know, a stutter might just be someone just slightly tripping over their words, and for the most part, you probably want to leave that as is, you know, unless it's really egregious, and, and again, it's not a, it's not actually part of their regular speech pattern, it was just the way they were, the, the, the words came out. Probably leave it alone. I think if someone's got a stammer, depending on how it manifests, so if there are long periods of, of silence, uh, I believe that's called blocking, you might consider reducing the time. But otherwise, if it's part of the way they actually speak, I wouldn't fiddle with it because, again, that's how they speak. And I think it would be disingenuous to fiddle with that for you to sort of dictate well, this is how they should speak. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's the I think that's the the core difference there is, and this is kind of the case with anyone really, whether they have any kind of thing that might be considered a, a pathology um, or not. Is are you effectively dictating the way they should speak? And if you find that you are, then that's probably a, an indication that maybe you might want to back off a little bit. Because, yes, we want to make the episodes punchy, but we also want to make them natural. That's part of what builds the trust, is by them having that authentic sound. Because it's not just that they sound authentic, it's that they are authentic. Okay, so, if you're not in a position to hire an editor, how can you make your episodes sound good enough without spending like half a day editing it yourself? The answer? In just a moment. So if your time's limited, but you still want to put out an episode you know will keep listeners coming back, here are the four things I'd recommend you do. Now, as I said, I used script for this, and uh, it, it's, the good thing about it is it's not particularly advanced. So these are things, if you do use uh, Descript, then you can do yourself. And you can do this in pretty much any editor, but Descript makes it really easy. 
So number one uh, is the combined crosstalk and active listening noises. It's really easy to just scrub those out of the of the episode and then you're done. Number two is those gaps that are due to internet lag. Number three is those bits of admin. And then number four is small talk. So three is the, the sort of call admin, which I'm almost certain you were doing anyway, but it's always best to be sure of these things. And number four is just any of that small talk. I'm not asking you, if you're, if you're busy, I'm not asking you to make a full decision after the fact of what's relevant, what's pertinent, what's apposite, uh, what's germane. Um, but what's the stuff that is actually genuinely like checking in? How are you feeling? What's the weather like over there? I haven't been to that part of the country in ages. Have you seen Janet? You know, like all those things. Just get rid of them and go straight into the heart of the conversation. So those those are the, those are the four. I think if I were in a hurry and I were editing for myself, I'd just do those top four. So the combined crosstalk and active listening noises because it's basically the same job. Getting rid of the gaps due to lag, and then eliminating the admin and the small talk. But as a as a professional editor, um, I give my clients the, the the full sort of twelve or so that I listed earlier. That results in shorter, punchier episodes where everyone sounds their smartest and wittiest, like they're sort of really on it. Um, and like I said, it's what I call IQ editing for no other reason than I needed to call it something. Um, but it's a method that you can practice too. Now, if you want to dive deeper into editing, you can join me and other helpful podcasters like yourself in our free and friendly community space. You'll find it at thehelpfulpodcaster.com slash join. Thank you so much for listening, and let's do this together.